0: Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach, Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a solopreneur who's ready to grow your profits and impact without pain, pressure, or pretending to be someone else, then this is for you. This episode is about marketing that makes sales easier for solopreneurs with Danielle Weil. Danielle Weil is a copy and marketing strategist who helps expert business owners make more sales by owning their voice and copy. Since 2006, she's written dozens of six and seven figure launches, generated over 100 million plus in sales for clients, and mentored business owners to break their own sales records with copy that sounds like them, but makes so much more money. Let's go. Welcome to the big show. Sales is not a dirty word. Awesome. Thank you. So excited to have you here, Danielle. We met in person first rather than online, which just, it never seems to go like that. So that was a cool twist. And uh, Danielle had some really cool exercises to help solopreneurs think about their messaging and marketing differently. And I was like, this is really different. I haven't heard this before. I got to have you on the show. So um, We were talking a little bit beforehand about how marketing is so hard for solopreneurs. Can you explain a little bit more about that?
1: Um, Sure. And, and I know, you know, your thing is sales and I'm copy and marketing, but really they go together. It's peanut butter and chocolate. It's mint and chocolate again, anything with chocolate, really, that goes with chocolate. Um, And it really is part of this, two parts of the same process, and there's, they are two different things, but when you think about it as one process and create the streamlined narrative and messaging, which we were talking about before, um, it allows, when someone gets to that part in the sales process, they get to the sales call, they are, they come so much more ready, they come educated, they come like, all right, let's go, And so your copy is a key piece of getting people to that point so that they are ready.
0: Yes, you can leverage so many things that make the sales conversation easier. So marketing is a key part of what will make you you have to do less in a sales conversation, basically. And most solopreneurs are trying to do it all in the sales conversation, they don't even know about these touch point pieces beforehand. Um, So give it, do you have an example of someone that you helped maybe before and after who was missing these pieces that made such a difference?
1: Um, sure. Actually, I think about, um, I had clients who were, uh, selling, they, they still actually do, the majority of their sales in either DMs or sales conversations, and what we did when we worked together was put a webinar, a masterclass, in place um, through their live launch. And whilst the majority of the sales are still happening in the conversations, their sales has have exponentially skyrocketed because those people have either seen the masterclass, um, seen the content, attended, and then they end up coming and, and they're like, I'm in, I'm in, because the masterclass, because the content did such a good job of answering the objections that were, that were there ahead of time before they even got into the conversation. So that's just one example of, and how did we craft that webinar? What did we put in it? What were the things that we chose to highlight? Well, coming from, The conversation, it comes from your market. It comes from where people are, what they're thinking and what they're saying on the sales calls. If you get an objection on a sales call, you go ahead and create a piece of content around that. You go ahead and work that into your front-end marketing. You go ahead and create a video around specifically answering that objection. And the more you do that, the easier your calls become. Yes,
0: and you'll get more calls booked because you can bet that people are having those objections in their head if you're not talking about them, and it's delaying them from booking a call. Have you found right. that? Right?
1: For sure. Um, and what I talk about is, and other people talk about is the chain of beliefs, essentially, what your ideal client needs to believe about you, about your offer, and about themselves in order to say yes, And the clearer you are on everything in those three categories, and the more, you front load the answers to those questions and changing your beliefs in your content, your copy, and your marketing, the more calls you're going to get booked and the more you're going to convert. That makes
0: total sense. So would a good example be like somebody has to believe that the main thing that's going to get them to the next step in their business, let's say, is having an operation system. So first they have to believe that that is the next step before they even consider you. Is that kind of?
1: Yeah, that's part of it. And they would have to believe um, that they can't actually make progress in their business without it. Not that it's just the next step, but is it is the current thing that is holding them back um, and that you are the person to help them and that it's actually something that they can implement without driving themselves crazy because that's the, that's the part about themselves piece. That's the, oh, I, I actually believe that I can do this and I can have systems in my business and it will make things easier. And so I won't that, be
0: overwhelmed doing it.
1: And I won't be overwhelmed doing it, right? It's that belief in self that I think uh, a lot of people tend to skip over because they're so busy talking about how amazing their offer is. And your offer is amazing, you're not get me wrong. But what is in someone's head is like, okay, that's great, but can I do it? And so you always need to speak to that in the various different ways that it's affecting people.
0: Okay, so generally speaking, that's like the common thread amongst all marketing. They need to be able to believe that this is possible for who they are, no matter what you're selling, kind of.
1: For sure, because otherwise, are they going to take a step forward? Otherwise, they'll they'll be in. Well, you'll be in like. Well, okay, that's awesome for you. That's that sounds cool, and it might be something that I need. Uh, but if I don't think that I'm going to get results, and I'm I'm not ready to actually commit the time and effort to getting the results, that's the other belief is that I'm ready to commit the time. I'm ready to put in the effort. Um. Then there's no urgency. There's no step forward. That's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And you talked about something that um, I'm not even really sure what the difference is. Um, Storytelling is something that people talk about commonly in marketing and sales. I've talked about it. It's literally how humans learn and retain information. Um, But you have a distinct difference that you make between story and narrative. And if you have just a story, it's not as powerful for your sales conversations. Can you explain that a little bit more?
1: Sure. So I actually have a background in um, English literature and creative writing. So I write stories. I love stories. I read stories. I tell stories. And I am not saying do not tell stories in your marketing, in your copy. I am just saying, shift and change how you tell the story because i think people hear oh tell stories and they go and they tell the story from beginning to end in a linear fashion like okay and then this happened and then that happened and then they include details possibly too many details that are not relevant to moving the conversation the narrative the belief change forward and so yes tell story but in the context of what I call a narrative framework, meaning you are moving someone across that bridge of belief from where they are to where you want them to be and the beliefs that they need to have in order to buy. So the story allows them to get interested, um, in some ways, see themselves in the story, draw the conclusions for themselves, but in in a short, concise, engaging way that makes that takeaway and that next step really, really clear. Okay. So it's like the
0: difference. Yeah. to, To clarify, it's like the difference between someone telling a story, um, about how they took their dog for a walk and their dog ran away off leash and they had to go chase it down and it's like cool story but if you don't have different points in the story that address like why was the dog getting off the leash what was the like basically like takeaway points kind of that are going to help the person anchor how that story applies to them and what they need to learn from it to move forward is that
1: accurate yeah that's that's definitely true and also making sure that your story um has only the details that it needs to have that, that move things forward. Right. And so you don't need to necessarily tell it from beginning to end. I actually teach people a technique for writing emails. That is like, start in the middle.
0: Yeah. You start in the
1: middle of the action, not in the beginning. Like if you've ever seen a movie that sort of drops you right into the action and someone's running and you don't know who they're running from or why they're running or why they're hiding. And then the backstory fills in later that is a great technique to start an email, to start a post, to start a piece of content where people are immediately in it and then they're curious about what they are doing um, in this field of sunflowers or on a boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or wherever you put them.
0: Yeah, that um, that sounds like a great way to hook somebody in. And when you talk about um, the details to include, This sounds like something that happens a lot in a sales conversation too. Somebody thinks a lot of times that they need to tell somebody everything that's included in an offer, but there's a ton of stuff that doesn't apply to the person they're talking to, or even if it does, there's still one thing that is number one, most important to them and Mm -hmm. usually three supporting things and that's it. And that's really all you need to focus on is what's the most important to them Rather than, and there's this feature and it also includes this. And then you get 180 swipe files and you also have access to these landing pages. And then you get a review and it's just like, oh my God, all I need to know is that you're going to do my copy for me for a whole year. That's it. That's all I need to know. So it's kind of like that. It sounds like a similar issue where people can lose somebody in their story because they're talking about something that the other person doesn't care about.
1: Right. And, and that is where it takes a little bit of practice. It takes a little bit, um, and, uh, and having a framework to work from, of course. Uh, and so getting to that takeaway really, really quickly, um, making the story, making it interesting and getting to the takeaway, the lesson, the thing, and telling it in such a way that lets people fill in some of the gaps for themselves. Right, that's okay. the other downside of being too detailed is that you sort of box people in to something that like you said, they may not need to hear or that may not be true. So as you're telling the story, you leave room for people to, um, the reader to insert their imagination and their own beliefs and their own memories and their own um, associations with whatever you're telling.
0: Okay. So. Would your ice cream story be a good exercise to explore, to show how this works?
1: Yes, it would.
0: Let's do it. Okay, great. Okay. So you had some questions. I remember I was so impressed when you ran this exercise with someone, you asked them some questions and then it all
1: connects together, right? Have you thought about your favorite ice cream flavor already?
0: Um, I, I, I haven't, but it's pretty easy for me to know.
1: Okay, let's do this. What is Alicia your favorite ice cream flavor?
0: Honestly, I'm always a fan of sea salt caramel. Sea salt caramel. Why? Why is that? The salty and the sweet together.
1: Okay, I actually, you know, there's the studies that show that that creates some sort of little explosion in the brain uh, that is actually really addictive and irresistible. Where were you when you first had? salt, sea salt, caramel ice cream. Man, I don't remember that. Hmm. Can you remember a time when you had it, where you were and what you felt?
0: Yeah. So, um, in an area of Denver, there's a really good ice cream place. And I went with my husband and my daughter and I was pregnant and I had some sea salt, caramel ice cream. Um, I felt like, uh, I hate being pregnant, but at least I don't feel guilty about eating the sea salt caramel ice cream because I'm pregnant.
1: Mm, Okay. At least I don't feel guilty. I've definitely had that feeling before. (laughs) Um, mine's mint chocolate chip, by the way. Okay. So sea salt caramel. And then the next question is how does sea salt caramel ice cream relate to, your business and what you do? How is it a metaphor? Um, hmm.
0: Well, I think that there's something to be said for being salty and sweet at the same time. So having boundaries, um, being like a very kind person, people mistake kindness and niceness a lot. And being a kind person who has boundaries is very important in a sales
1: conversation. I love that. So you've got the sweet and the salty at the same time. There's the, the, um, genuine wanting to help this person find a solution. And then you have your boundaries, you have your, your offer, you have your price point, which is what it is. Right. And you have everything around that, that creates the structure. Um, And they work together to create this irresistible explosion in somebody's brain that they cannot resist.
0: I love it. (laughs) That's how it works. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So is a key part of that exercise,
1: remembering how you
0: felt in the moment? Yes,
1: Uh, it it can be. And what we're trying to get to just sort of the behind the scenes of why this works, what we're trying to get to is either a strong emotion that we can tell a story about, uh, a memory that we can create nostalgia around, Hmm. uh, or an analogy that works really, really well to tie back to what you do and what you're all about. Okay, so we went with the analogy. We went with the analogy. Sometimes you'll get all three. Sometimes, I mean, I've heard stories that are just mind-blowing ice cream stories. <laughs> and I think your analogy was was awesome and spot on. And
0: Thank I have you. people
1: who you know, talk about the first time that they had that ice cream and they, you know, it's it's a really strong family memory and cuz how do we relate to other people? We relate through emotion how do we sell people buy based on emotion so what we're trying to get to is using this universal language of ice cream <laughs> to to create connections everybody has their own flavor everybody has the thing that they love and by the way if you're a mint chocolate chip tribe member um or you know if you're a mint chocolate chip favorite that's me hi yeah. People. <laughs> but but everyone has their own reasons and stories that they bring to it. You're right. There it's a
0: shared human experience that everybody has had, no matter their background or country or language or age. Um that's a really great point. So is a good strategy to think of these experiences that are more shared
1: amongst all humans in order to create a captivating story around them? That's exactly it. So ice cream is just one example. Um, I, with my students, have asked them, uh, what is their guilty pleasure food? Or what is their um, a song that captures a powerful memory for them? Like these, these cultural things, music. Family, things that are, are sh- both shared human experiences and have strong emotions attached to them uh, are great ways to create connection. So, if you tell a story about walking your dog, not everybody has a dog. Not everybody's a dog person. You could tell it, uh, but adding the emotion to it, heightening the stakes. And these are, that is what makes it relatable. That's what makes it. Powerful. And so the shortcut version of it is starting with ice cream because almost everybody, unless you're at lactose, you know, almost everybody has had ice cream, likes ice cream. It is rare that I meet someone who's like, no, I don't like ice cream.
0: <laughs> Have you and I think they,
1: one or two? And I'm like, are you lying to me?
0: Like, you know, <laughs> that's it's like an indicator. Something's off. I feel like <laughs> like something in the brain wiring, like every brain reacts positively when ice cream hits the taste buds. I just don't know how that doesn't happen.
1: So, and that's why it's the question, right? It could work with other things. It could work with songs. It could work with other foods. It can work with, and I've actually never thought about it in this way before. So thank you for asking the question, like why ice cream? but that's that's really it. It's this shared human experience that allows us to make connections um, and make make connections in the brain in a unique and sticky way. So instead of just talking about what we do, oh yeah, I create transformation for, you know, huh? no, I'm sea salt caramel ice cream, and here's why you need it. Oh, I love it. Um, so, I
0: mean, like other things are coming to my mind right now, like everybody's been late. Everybody's had that feeling where they're like, damn it, I'm always late and everyone's going to look at me weird and I am rushing and everyone's in my way and everything is like making me later. And so there's a lot of emotion around that, that could be tied to a business where you're just putting off the solution that they offer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and the story, that's the thing. You really can write about anything. And the more, and I, I actually do this exercise with people where um, I'll give them a little slip of paper or you know, pick a word and write about it. You have 20 minutes go. And that's what I call adding a topic constraint and a time constraint to your writing. And magic happens. I just tell you when, when people do this exercise, because it m- forces your brain to make those connections, um, really, really quickly in ways that you might not have done if you were sitting down to a blank page and writing an email about whatever happened to you that week.
0: Yeah. Prompts. Prompts are so powerful and I mean, honestly, like if you hadn't said, how does this relate to your business at the end of asking me those questions about ice cream? I'm not sure if I would have been would have naturally thought about how that relates to my business. So it seems like that's like a crucial piece of it is after thinking about a story where there was a lot of emotion tied to it, ideally one that is a shared human experience, um, then asking yourself, how does this relate to my business? Seems like, is, is that a necessary question after
1: that is the question, or how does it relate to the takeaway that I want people to have? Um, and when I teach people to write content, I teach them to start with the, the end in mind, start with the takeaway, start with the goal, start where you want them to go, which, you know, in, in many cases might be going to book a sales call with you, right? And what? And then reverse engineering that. So if the takeaway is, creating that urgency around taking that action. Now, knowing that in advance lets you create those connections with the story. Okay. Yeah. Always start with the goal in mind.
0: That makes sense. But also like, think of the story, not necessarily with the goal in mind, right? But then when you connect it, you connect it with the goal in mind.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And the the connection is the magic, right? That is where the muscles, like you might need to to play with it a little bit and practice, Uh, but that is where the magic is, right? Because you've got stories, we all have stories, so many stories, uh, and, and we can have a unique perspective on a lot of different things. We also have the things that we talk about in our business again and again, and that we say on sales calls and that we put out in content that are core principles that we think everybody should just know and understand. And how do you get people there through the story, through the connection, through the narrative around the story? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean,
0: one of the questions that we have here is, you know, will ChatGPT take copywriter's place? But, um, I mean, I think this is a great example of how it can't because ChatGPT isn't going to ask people these questions. And ChatGPT doesn't know your stories.
1: And that's that's a key differentiator. Now, full disclosure, I've been playing with it. I have been testing it out. I'm working on ways for it to shortcut my process in a lot of ways, but it does not have your stories. And the more, and this is in, I think we're moving towards a world where we're gonna see a lot more AI generated content. And a lot of it is gonna be, mediocre and you know very generic sounding. So how do you get um, the more that you can create these unique connections based on your stories, based on your experience, based on things that are, that are sticky, that are new, that are not something that ChatGPT will pull for you, uh, the more you'll stand out in this sea of AI content that's coming.
0: Yeah, I will say, like I everybody says that if you train Chat GPT, it produces better content. That's but true. Con- yeah, so you like change your prompts and it eventually understands your voice. Um, and there's no doubt that I mean, I always find revising is much easier than writing from scratch, but there's no way that you could do it without revisions.
1: <laughs> like in it, not, would be not currently in this moment, no. And Again, the more unique your stories, the more unique your connections, the more unique your hooks and your starting points are, uh the better results you're going to get from your copy whether you are using AI to help you get there or not.
0: Yeah. And I mean I've had so there's a saying that I've experienced many times, truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are yep. stories that happen in real life that You could never make up. You would never even think to make it up. It's beyond what somebody would make up. You're like, my
1: imagination couldn't go this far. It's so weird. Um, Yeah. And I also think that truth is going to matter. Trust is going to matter. Again, as we're, you know, I'm not going to predict the future. And I also don't want to be the old lady in the horse and buggy going, oh, those automobiles. (laughs)
0: <laughs> They're never going to
1: amount to anything, right? like we're we're in the future. And it's here. But the more truth, the more trust, the more of ourselves that we bring to our copy, um the more powerful it is for people in a world where you don't know if AI is has written the thing that you just read or not. So, the takeaway is be real people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that
0: being real means showing your flaws, talking about your imperfections or moments that you doubted yourself. And I just don't know if chat GPT can simulate, I mean, maybe it can like write me a story filled with tons of self-doubt. I'm sure it could do a pretty good job, but you know, there needs to be other parts of it that are woven in that I just don't know that a copywriter would be able to add like hope, like growth,
1: like lessons learned, not just pain. And and real emotion, like not just, you know, simulated. I read that on the internet emotion, um, real human emotion, um, in it, it, you know, and I, I read an article like chat GPT should not be writing your poetry like it can do, you know, rhyming couplets, okay, roses are red, violets are blue, yada yada. But the spontaneity of really good poetry of really good writing the connections that are by definition new, therefore chat GPT cannot make them yet. That's where the power is.
0: yeah. I love that and that's the thing that's going to make you stand out is not being generic. So thinking about these personal stories is going to by nature just just naturally make you not generic.
1: Absolutely. Uh and with the caveat that if you are real about them. That thing that you're afraid to talk about, that's the thing you're probably going to have to talk about. That thing about what you do that you've been afraid to own the, the part of your business that you may have been a little hesitant to share, there's gold in there. I don't know what it is, but it's there. And I know because I've gone through it this year in my own business for my own, um, my own self, that's where it is. And it's hard. It's hard to go there sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, those are the things that, uh, like, I realized recently that someone who's never made mistakes can't help someone. a hundred percent. But literally, like, what do they have to offer in a scenario where they've never, I mean, they've only gotten it right. Like, what would you have to say <laughs> about
1: it? and <laughs> and then you also can't understand or or relate to or really deeply understand where, your audience might be or your clients might be who are n- not there yet, who are still struggling with it, who have made the mistakes. And, and if you know what it's like over there, then you can relate in a, in a way that someone who just got it right the first time uh, cannot.
0: Yeah, which I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where somebody just got everything right the first time, But I just think too many people feel shame that they made mistakes. And it's just so human and shared um, to make mistakes that it's not really anything to be ashamed of. The only thing to be ashamed of is not learning from them and making the same ones. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. And boy, I needed to hear that today. So there you go. (laughs) Danielle, good.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So I hope everybody got some really good takeaways here um, about how to weave marketing into an authentic brand that really makes you stand out and then bring that personality also onto your sales call uh, because that's gonna be what people are expecting. I, I've We kind of talked about this, Danielle, like I've seen where marketing and sales calls do not align There's like a very um, aggressive, manipulative strategy for someone who's super caring and empathetic and goofy. And it's just a strange experience for the person Mm -hmm. on the other end. Um, And then also to your point of owning what owning what you did and also owning what makes you different. So understanding that even though you're so scared to overpromise, just put the disclaimer out there. Um, a lot of times people on sales calls are like, oh no, I can't say that I can do that because there's this rare scenario where that might not work out. Well, just name the rare scenario and let them know that if that doesn't happen, then everything should be great. Um, so I hope I love the, uh, permission from this episode and I hope everybody got inspired and has their thoughts flowing. Um, so we've reached the end of yet another episode of sales is not a dirty word Thank you again, Danielle, for making an appearance as our guest today. And can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and how they can work with you?
1: Um, Yes, sure. You can go actually grab my 30 subject line shortcuts. Speaking of writing emails and telling stories, uh, how you get those emails opened is another thing. So you can go to dw.com slash subject lines and get that for free. Um, that's my gift to you. And then you'll get my emails too, with all of that information. Um, and I'd love to connect with you in that way via email or on Instagram. I can't believe that you got the URL dw.com. That's a score. DW copy, dw copy.com. Oh, okay. I thought it was DW, but still that would have been nice too, but yes, DW DW copy.com slash subject lines. That's where that's where it's at.
0: Okay. So this has been the Sales is Not a Dirty Word podcast, where we show you how to sell up to 80% of the people you talk to without pressure pitching or pretending to be someone else. Um, If you want to sign up for my sales clinic, I can diagnose what's going on and give you a quick prescription. For now, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time.